Hey everybody, this is Chris. Welcome to Renewing the Center. It is good to have you join us. Um, I am actually uh, consistently surprised when people come up to me and say, I'm loving the podcast. Um, Sometimes when you do a thing in the quiet of your office all by yourself, you forget that people listen. So for those of you who are tuning in, I just want to extend my gratitude for you to participate in this. And I'm sure occasionally maybe sharing the word with friends or family or people you care about. Um, it's good to good to be together. This, this week, actually, for the, the next three episodes, we're going to deviate from the lectionary. Uh, I had this sense uh, this morning, actually, that I wanted to do a little bit of a study on the questions uh, in the Bible that God asks humans, people, And actually, if you do a little bit of digging, you'll find that God asks us lots of questions in the scripture. And so for the next three episodes, uh, I'm going to reflect on three questions that God asks people. Uh, We'll start today with Genesis 3, and this is actually uh, the first thing uh, that God says uh, to humans in the Bible. The first thing God says is a question. He asks the question, where are you? So I'm going to read a passage that is likely somewhat familiar to you, and then we'll pray, and then we're just going to reflect for a few moments on the question, where are you? Now the serpent was more crafty, Genesis 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, hear the words, and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And the Lord said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. And then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would give us the courage to hear you, Lord, ask us the same question you asked Adam. Where are you? God, I pray that today, wherever we are, whether it's on a run or a walk or in our office or in our car or at the gym, God, that we would take a few moments to ponder what is really an important question. God, that we would actually have more access more understanding, and that we would actually be able to to know where we are. Father, we ask you to help us, Lord, to consider the Bible, to consider the fact that you are a probing, questioning God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So some of you may find it surprising that uh, God asks questions. You know, we're living in a day and age where humans are asking lots of questions. We, we have questions. Many of us question our faith or we question whether we're in the right job or we question whether our life is turning out like we hoped it would be. It's in the nature of humans to question. But oftentimes we don't consider the fact that God is also a God who asks questions. He specifically poses questions to us, to humans. And I love, love, love the very beginning of our Bible. And it makes me feel really sad, actually, that lots of Christians don't know what to do with Genesis. And so we tend to kind of want to relegate it. We're not sure if we can uh, believe about uh, stories about creation or talking serpents and what happens when we get weird about um, this beautiful, ancient text is that we miss just how true it is. Uh, how fundamentally true. I mean, I think the first few chapters of our Bible read humans better than anything I've ever read. I mean, they give us a look at who we are and why we are the way we are and who God is. And what we see at the very beginning of our Bible, specifically in the third chapter of Genesis, is that humans begin to break fellowship with God. They succumb to temptation. They step outside of the boundaries that have been prescribed for them. And to be very clear, the boundaries that the Lord gave them were gracious. They were broad. They were good. Their life was beautiful. They were naked and they were not ashamed. They were not prone to hiding from one another until they sinned. And so what we see is that the first symptom of sin is shame, hiding, and you could understand the Bible in this way that, you know, Genesis 3, humans hide, God pursues, and the whole of the rest of the Bible is about God's pursuit of humans to, to invite them out of hiding into an open place of connection with God and also with one another. And so when these humans sin, their instinct is to hide and then their next instinct after this interaction with God is to try to solve the problem on their own. They sow fig leaves and they make clothing for themselves. But what we see here in Genesis 3 is that when the humans hear God and they hear him coming, they were meant to, to have this picture of God at the best time of the day in the evening breeze, when, when conditions are just right, that God comes looking for people, that God comes into the space that people occupy in order to be with them. And they hear the sound of him moving toward them and they, they hide, they, they, they run, they dip off into the trees. And God's not content to just look around and say, okay, oh, well, I guess they've, Something's happened. I guess they've gone on. He actually continues to pursue them, and he asks them by calling out a very important question. God says, where are you? Now, I, I believe the Lord knew where they were. But the question, where are you, was, was a question born out of a desire to pursue people in their shame. God, not content to let our shame cut us off from him, poses a question out into the air. And the picture that I have of this 
encounter is that God is standing in a clearing in the wood and the humans are in the wood hiding and God speaks in such a way that their ears, even though they're obscured, their ears can pick up the sound of his voice. And he just says, where are you? And where are you is really a twofold question. Number one, it's a question about location. Where literally are you? And then the second part of this question, I think, is it's a summons to reconnect. I think when God asks us where we are, there are those two things at play. On on one hand, the Lord knows where you are, but he wants to know that you know where you are. And many of us haven't considered that question. And I just want to ask you today, like, where are you? What's happening in your life? Where are you? Where Where is your location? Are you hiding? Is there shame? Are you discouraged? Are you afraid? The Lord knows the state of your soul. He wants to know that you know the state of your soul. Where are you? But remember, that's not just a question to locate you. It's also in the question, where are you? There is also a summons. There is also um, this desire in the heart of God to draw us back out into an open space with him. And so whenever the Lord asks where you are, he wants you to name it. And, and, and sometimes, depending on your family of origin, you know, for some of you, it's really hard to name something that's not good. Like maybe you're struggling right now with a particular sin. Maybe you're struggling right now with some massive discouragement. Maybe you're feeling shame over a failure or a disappointment. Some, for some of us, it's really hard to admit those things. But in the admitting, there is a kind of acknowledgement of reality that I believe the Lord invites all of us to step into and in the acknowledgement of reality and being in a real place and being a kind of like right-sized understanding of where you are, there is always an invitation from God to move toward him where we've maybe been moving subtly away from him. See, fear, and that's exactly what the human said, right? That's what Adam, man, said. He, he said, I was afraid, so I hid. Fear keeps us, sin keeps us hidden. Fear keeps us hidden. Shame keeps us hidden. They both blame, right? Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the devil. Humans have been blaming ever since. Blame keeps us cut off. It keeps us hidden. Sin makes it hard to know where you are. But I I just want to say this. When God asks where you are, and I, I just want to be bold with you and say that today, the Lord wants to know where you are. The Lord wants you to know where you are. And in that question, there is an invitation for you to do some honest assessment. And there is an invitation for you to move out of hiding, face your fears, and trust that God, when he encounters us, is good. His heart is to restore. And we know what happens, right? Later on in the chapter, God takes the temporary clothing that humans try to make and he makes permanent clothes. So when they come out of hiding, God actually covers them with animal skins. And I've said this on the podcast, uh, those animal skins prefigure the work of Jesus for us. They prefigure the fact that, that an animal had to die in order to create permanent clothing to cover our shame. Whenever we come out of hiding, whenever we answer the question, that God asks the where are you question, the Lord wants to cover us. If we'll move toward him 
and honesty and confession and repentance. If we'll be honest about where we are, he'll, he'll meet us. That's his promise. That's his pattern. That's his, his nature. So today, as you walk through your day, I just want you to consider the question that God asks. The first question, where are you? God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you soon.